Hello and welcome. Tonight, the president again vows to go hard on insurgents in the Northeast as he visits the Borno state capital, says efforts ongoing to adequately equip the military to tackle the terrorists. At least four people killed and about eight others injured following multiple explosions in Moduguri shortly before the president's arrival in the Borno state capital. Federal Executive Council approves over 65 billion naira to fund various projects in the power sector, blames poor electricity supply on neglect of sector. And US and Russia move to douse tension between them, agree to hold talks in January on Russia's troop buildup near Ukraine. Plus, international news from our London studio. On business news tonight, Titan Trust Bank acquires majority stake in Nigeria's second oldest lender, Union Bank. And on sports news tonight, three-time African champions, the Super Eagles of Nigeria, end the year on the 36th spot in the world and fifth in Africa in the final FIFA standings for 2021. And from Abuja, two days before Christmas, some residents in the nation's capital and travelers lament hiking fare as buyers and sellers of food items decry high prices and low patronage. Once again, the president is talking tough as he restates the resolve of his administration to go hard on insurgents in the northeast of the country. President Muhammadu Buhari made this declaration when he paid a one-day visit to Meiduguri, the Borno state capital. The president, who was speaking at the commissioning of the University of Meiduguri Center for Distance Learning, built and donated by business mogul and philanthropist Mohamed Indimi, urged Nigerians to judge his performance the country was when he assumed office in 2015 and not by the current realities. According to him, quote, I have ordered and have started receiving military hardware from the United States, aircraft, helicopters, armored cars, and we are going to be very hard on them, end quote. The president also commissioned several landmark projects, including the first ever flyover built in Borono State. However, not everyone was happy that the president was visiting Borno State, and they weren't quiet about it. Three explosions ripped through three different parts of Meiduguri, including the only route from the Meiduguri International Airport to the city. At least four people died as a result, and eight others were injured. The explosions occurred in three different locations of Bulumbukutu, Ajilari Cross, and Ayaji. There has been no official statement from the police, and no group has claimed responsibility for the attack. And while the defense authorities investigate and attempt to unravel the events leading to the explosions in Meiduguri, they have not been idle. According to the acting director, Defense Media Operations, Brigadier General Bernard Onyuko, who briefs journalists in Abuja, 51 terrorists have been killed by troops in the northeast in the last two weeks. Even more Boko Haram fighters also surrendered to the authorities. On troops carried out several land and air operations that recorded significant results at different locations across the theater within the period under review. Some of these locations are towns and villages and roads in Bama, Mafa, Pulka, Konduga, Goza, 
Mobar and Dikwa local government areas of Borno State, as well as Madagali local government area of Adamawa State. In the last two weeks, a total of 51 terrorists were neutralized and 19 were arrested. Also, a total of 122 assorted arms, including AK-47 rifles, general purpose machine guns, and PKT guns, and 1,499 rounds of different calibers of ammunition were recovered, while a total of eight enemy gun trucks were destroyed during operations. Additionally, troops' kinetic and non-kinetic operations have continued to drive terrorists out of their camps and surrendering to troops. Within the period under focus, a total of 1,081 terrorists and their families comprising 187 adult males, 326 adult females, and 568 children surrendered to own troops at different locations within the Operation Hiding Kai Theater. The surrendered terrorists were properly profiled and handed over to appropriate security agencies for further action. The executive arm of government was also quite busy in another respect today. And while the president was in Meiduguri, the vice president, Yemio Shimbaju, presided over what was called an extraordinary federal executive council meeting at the presidential villa in Abuja. 65.3 billion naira in approvals were granted to the Ministry of Power. Our State House correspondent, Gloria Umezioke, reports. It's the last virtual Federal Executive Council meeting for the year, and the Vice President, Professor Yemi Oshibaju, chairs the meeting on behalf of the President, who is out on an official visit to Meiduguri. <laughs> Ten ministers are physically in attendance, as about 30 memos are presented for approval during the meeting held behind closed doors. The power minister, with one of the highest numbers of memos, told State House correspondents that all 16 of them were approved, totaling 65.3 billion naira worth of contracts awarded. We are working so hard. The ministry is racing to correct all grey areas within the sector, especially the nation's transmission grid. We may not be having much problem with generation. So, unless we are able to strengthen the uh, electricity grid which is nationwide and to expand and to be able to evacuate what the grid can take to consumers we have a lot of uh, problems ahead of us he also reacts to calls by the National Union of Electricity Employees for a total reversal of the privatization exercise. It's for us to sit down and look at the performance. Are there breaches, are breaches on, on the, what was agreed upon or not? So we have reached a milestone where we'll soon sit down and look at all these uh, uh, conditions that uh, led to this uh, privatization and the conditions that uh, were agreed upon 
The Federal Executive Council, which resumes in January 2022, has in the course of the year rolled out major policies like the tax credit scheme, the police salary review, the national poverty reduction with growth strategy policy to reduce poverty in 10 years, among others. The current administration has maintained steady optimism regarding the nation's challenges, particularly electricity supply. Now, in spite of the gaps, the power ministry is hoping to ramp up the current 5,000 megawatts, which is quite essential to improving access to electricity for many Nigerians from the current 48%. From the presidential villa, Gloria Umezuke, Channel Television News. Nigeria's former leader is talking up the qualities of its current number two citizen. That was from Mina, the Niger state capital, where General Ibrahim Babengida described Vice President Yemi Oshibaju as an embodiment of qualities that the country requires at this point in time. He told the lobby group, the Oshibaju grassroots organization, that Professor Oshibaju should stay on course. A tree doesn't make a forest, but I, I believe it can make a forest. Um, where you have a man who has conviction about the country, a man who believes in the country, a man who can communicate with the country and inspire people to achieve a greater goal for the country. Politicians have a lot to learn from what you are trying to do. And by your composition, I know all of you have one experience or the other in Nigeria, so you should make us know that you have a very good belief in the country and we will follow you based on these convictions that you have about this country. Like I told you, I know the professor very well. He is a good man and uh, we need good men to run us in this country. Somebody you can learn from, somebody you share a common conviction with, and he has this passion for this great country. You have the passion for this country, and this is what we need. Other Nigerians also should be able to copy this passion for the good of our country. But the Nigerian, because he has a passion for this, you have to understand them and allow them to do it. Constant discussions and talking, communicating. Then you find that you have a very good bunch of people who are very good, who are with you also in trying to improve this country. The seeming mystery behind the oil spill in Nimbe, local government area of Bayelsa State, which has been in the headlines in recent days, seems to have been resolved. That's because a report by the Joint Investigation Team visit to OML 29 at Santa Barbara says the Aiteo oil spill was caused by sabotage. The team had representatives from various stakeholders. This is the oil head known as Christmas tree where crude oil gushed out for over a month. It's within this area that the actual cause of the spill can be detected, and the lead engineer explains his findings. You know, the hydrocarbon was gushing out from here, 
we call here tubing spool and here is where you have uh, the plug. so the essence of this place is to monitor the casing pressure so these valves here is to stop whatsoever pressure that may want to come out from the casing so these valves was removed the other valve was removed just like the way this one this um the flow was coming out from this direction it was also coming out from the other direction that is why if you see the video you discover that the flow was horizontal yeah gushing out this way nostra is the regulatory agency for such disasters and it announces its position after the inspection if we look at the pressure uh, in the well it is very very unlikely that the pressure will remove those valves and when we were there the engineer that killed the well i asked him a specific question that after killing the well before fixing the valves before fixing the valves what was the circumstances of the threat of the features that held the valves because if those valves were pulled out under pressure the threads supposed to have worn out and he answered emphatically that the threads were intact so there was no way the internal pressure from the well could have removed those valves the prayer is it's not an instant instant thing it builds up over time and uh, if these things are not worn out and it means it's a surging thing it's a surge and uh, what he's saying in addition is that if the if it has not been building for some time it will not just come up suddenly so i think that corroborates what he's trying to say and uh, that adds to what uh, what my colleagues have Having announced the result of the assessment, all of the representatives of the joint investigation visit a firm that the spill was caused by sabotage. But the representatives of the Bielsa state government refuse to sign the papers as they disagree with the report. In part two after the break, 20 victims of police brutality in the Federal Capital Territory receive 146 million naira as compensation from Independent Investigative Panel on Human Rights Violations. Stay with us. joined us you're watching the news at 10 live on channels television lagos here's a reminder of our top stories the president again vows to go hard on insurgents in the northeast as he visits the borno state capital says efforts ongoing to adequately equip the military to tackle the terrorists at least four people killed and about eight others injured following multiple explosions in Meduguri shortly before the president's arrival in the Borno state capital. Federal Executive Council approves over 65 billion naira to fund various projects in the power sector, blames poor electricity supply on neglect of sector. And US and Russia move to douse tension between them agreed to hold talks in January on Russia's troop buildup near Ukraine.
attempts to assuage the pains of those who suffered police brutality and other associated crimes continue in the nation's capital. The National Human Rights Commission has handed checks worth 146 million naira to those who presented petitions, had them heard, and were found to have merit. Some of the victims who suffered different violations of their rights by officers of the now-defunct Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SAS, and their families can now heave a sigh of relief as the Independent Investigative Panel on Human Rights, set up by the National Human Rights Commission to look into such cases, has compensated some of the petitioners. Since the inception of the panel in 2020, it has received 297 petitions from across 29 states, including the FCT, concluded 144 cases, reached a decision in 75 cases, and approved compensation for 20 victims and their families. In all, 25 of the petitions were struck out, 12 of them withdrawn, and one dismissed. According to the commission, over 150 Nigerians are still looking to submit their petitions for hearing. The next level is the Attorney General's office that would be uh, prosecuting these policemen, uh, bringing them before the courts of law. And it will interest you to know that some of our petitions, police was already prosecuting them in court. But the fact that they were being prosecuted in court still does not take away the fact of civil remedy. There must be accountability for human rights violations and that if there is a violation, there will be a remedy. The victims had thereafter presented with checks. One of them is Mr. Kingsley Kalu. One of his legs was amputated after he was shot at by a police officer on October the 18th, 2017, a few months after his wedding. He expresses his gratitude to the commission for the compensation. I still thank the panel. It's better than nothing. At least for them to have taken a bold step to see that um, people like me get compensated, I still appreciate them for that. A total of 146 million naira was disbursed to the 20 victims. The disbursement of monetary compensation might bring some succor to the victims of police brutality. But for many, the horrid testimonies of this ones shared at the panel should inspire far-reaching reforms for an agency of government meant to protect and make safer their existence as Nigerians. It's time now to bring you more on the news at 10, this time from our Abuja studio. And my colleague, Linda Akibe, picks it up from here. Hello, Linda. Hello, Bukola. Good to see you. Christmas is in the air, and as preparations ramp up ahead of the festivity, some residents in the nation's capital, Abuja, who are traveling to celebrate with their loved ones, are lamenting the hike in fare. A visit to the park shows that they are charged almost double of what they used to pay for. 
Meanwhile, some drivers are declining to travel to some parts of the country, especially the north, forcing many passengers to turn to rail transportation as an alternative. Correspondent Emperor Simon reports. This is Utaku Motor Park in Abuja. It's mostly busy, but with Christmas around the corner, it seems even busier than usual. Residents in the nation's capital are rushing to travel to celebrate with their loved ones in other parts of the country. But there are challenges. Two major factors seem to be affecting movement of passengers this year. First is insecurity. Many of the drivers here do not want to travel to the northern parts of the country, especially places like Kaduna and Plato, where insecurity seems to have been heightened. The second reason is the cost of transportation fare. Last few months, I went to the village, 4,000, 3,000, and they are calling 8,000, 8,500. Before, they used to carry us 2,500, 2,000. For none, it's 4,500 now. This driver explains how some of his colleagues are turning down passengers traveling to Kaduna and Plateau states because of security challenges. If we load to move, we'll be afraid. We have to contact our colleagues where they are coming. There are some places before we cross there, we have to call our colleagues. They do pass there any problem there before we enter road, especially from Abuja to Jos, Abuja to Kaduna. We have Kaduna passengers here, nobody wants to go. They are there now waiting because you don't know what to happen to road. Some residents are however traveling by rail, as many of them are seen at the Edu train station. Although we are not allowed to go into the terminal uh, by officials of the Edu train station, but what we see is that there are quite a number of people who are now coming to the train station to use the train instead of going by road. Because of insecurity on the road, so I have to safeguard my children and hide too. If you compare the train to, to the road, of course, people will go for the train. And that's why you see a lot of people come here. Officials of the station declined to speak to us on their operations during the Yuletide season. But it appears there's an appreciable level of patronage by passengers. As residents in the nation's capital mark Christmas celebration, they are hoping that the government will find lasting solutions to the lingering security challenges in the country and also improve on the welfare of the citizenry. Emperor Simon, Channels, Television News. The story does not appear different with regard to the cost of goods, which is threatening to put a damper on this year's festivities, with buyers complaining about the high prices of goods and sellers decrying low patronage from residents. Our correspondent Kayla Megwa reports that both buyers and sellers say 2021 has been bad for business for them. All roads lead to the Wuse market in Abuja. The very busy market is seeing a rush of last-minute Christmas shoppers. This year, the complaints of non-patronage are coming from sellers of non-food items. They say Christmas shopping this year has been very poor for several reasons. Worst December ever. Uh, in terms of business, there's no patronage. We are not seeing customers. We make goods available, but we are not seeing the people to buy. We are going to food first. They go to food item before buying alcohol. Because it's when you belay food, we now add addendum. So we make our way to the food market. 
The last-minute shoppers are eager to get basic food items into their shopping baskets. There is, however, an essential part of Christmas shopping that is seeing a decline this year as well, the shopping for meat. I think it costs. You know, say, when motor go bush, go carry the thing go. Then we can't charge higher, you know. Then when they come, come, put the money on top of the cows, the price will come up. There is almost no real Christmas without chicken. Almost every family will have a bird on their table this Christmas. And though the price of chicken has increased by over 50% since 2020, the sellers have mixed reviews on the response from shoppers this year. Even now, last year, I come here, there are plenty of people when they rush by. Even Tokyo, you buy last year, this year, no go buy. Buyers, on the other hand, are generally unhappy about the high cost of chicken. Chicken, they are selling 5 pounds before, 7 pounds, 8 pounds now. Cannot afford it. The one I wanted to buy, they say it's 8,500 8, a chicken. I'm going to buy it. Yes, you don't have any choice because you must get something for the children. Christmas shopping in 2020 also experienced the low turnout of buyers and high cost of food items. At the time, everyone chalked it up to the fact that 2020 was the pandemic year. No one would have thought that in 2021, the turnout would be even lower and the cost of food items would even be higher. There's no word on whether this particular economic situation is going to be better anytime soon. But for the buyers and sellers, at least in Wuse Market, Abuja, they're hopeful for a better future. Kayla Magua, Channel Television News. Still ahead on the news at 10, Titan Trust Bank acquires majority stake in the nation's second oldest lender, Union Bank. That's some business news. Join us again. You're welcome back to the news at 10, coming to you live from Abuja. The question is often asked, who guards the guardians? It is in a bid to answer that question with regards to the broadcasting profession that the industry regulator, the National Broadcasting Commission, has decided to set up an institute for broadcast policy next year. NBC Director General Malam Shehu Ilila says this will enhance professionalism within the industry. A partnership for broadcast curricular accreditation at the nation's tertiary institutions has also been initiated by the commission. Preparation for the establishment of Institute for Broadcast Policy and Regulations is on top of my agenda next year. This is to ensure professionalism in our beloved profession. Media practitioners enjoy a privileged position in the society with special access to protagonists and decision makers and has a duty and to ask, they have a duty to ask questions and listen to viewers and listeners. Tell them what the society wants to hear and what they should expect from the government. In conveying these professional requirements, we went around four geographical zones in the country to meet with chief executive officers, broadcast stations, licensees, general managers to re-emphasize the need for professionalism in our profession, in the daily broadcast. We now know all of us what fake news do to our daily lives.
hate speech is also a contributing factor to what we are having now or the situation we are in now in this country. So may I make an appeal to all of you that are here to restrict themselves and to make sure that all items, all materials, all news that are carried are authenticated, are balanced before you go on air. Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones is a popular saying. And Governor Nielsen Wike said as much today when he threw a challenge to the judiciary in River State to properly utilize its capital budget. The occasion was the foundation laying of a modern magistrate court complex in Port Harcourt, the River State capital, a task performed by Governor Kayode Fayemi of Ikiti State. It's the flag off of the construction of a new and high standard magistrate court in Port Harcourt as part of efforts by the River State government to further reposition the judicial system for effective justice delivery. Governor Yusum Wike, top judicial officers and political office holders from River State and guests from Ikiti State, led by the governor, Kayo Defayemi, are among personalities on Moscow Road in Port Harcourt for the ceremony. These 24 number courts will be contained in four prototype buildings, meaning that each of those buildings will have six courts. Each of those buildings will be two-story structures, meaning three floors, and each of these floors would house two courts each. Each of these courts will have the magistrate chambers, and this is going to be replicated into 24 courts in these six buildings. For the special guest and governor of Ikiti State, the provision of conducive court environment is critical to improving justice delivery. If we provide the conducive environment, for our magistrates to function, it goes without saying that they would deliver their responsibilities uh, a lot more swiftly and also cover a lot more ground in order to address that challenge of awaiting trial detainees as well as dispense justice uh, fairly and uh, swiftly. Governor Wike uses this opportunity to speak to what he considers the most honest truth to the state judiciary. People see it in the morning and people see it in the afternoon because of no space. Then the, that question now becomes, what has the judiciary been doing with their capital budget? Because I'm surprised. The judiciary has its capital budget. We release their capital budget as at one due. So what have people been doing with their capital budget? Uh, Budget. This new addition by Governor Wiki to the judiciary in River State will indeed spur the magistracy, which bears about 70% of the cases in the state, to deliver effective service. And that's all from Abuja. Back to you, Bukola. Thank you, Linda. We return to our lead story on the president's visit to Borno State today, where he vowed that his administration will keep doing its best for the development of the country until May the 29th, 2023, when they will leave office. He said, quote, I know I swore by the Constitution, and I will leave in 17 months. I pray that the person that will take over from us will also follow the targets of securing the country and building the economy, end quote. 
The president stated this after commissioning the Oriental Energies Resource Limited hangar, Muhammadu Indimi Distance Learning Center and an international conference center donated to the University of Meduguri by business mogul Alhaji Mohammed Indimi. Other projects commissioned by the president include the Tijani Bolori Memorial Secondary School and the first flyover in Borono State, custom roundabout with a stretch of 10 kilometers Gamburungala Road constructed by the state government. The president also commended the state governor, Professor Babaga Nazulum, for the work he had done in two years, having been in the state earlier in June to commission projects. The idea of a roll-up television could only have been a dream before now, but that fantasy has been made a reality by LG Electronics as it unveils the signature OLED R, the world's first rollable television in Nigeria. During the launch in Lagos, the company said the latest OLED TV model marks a turning point in television technology. The Colors Showroom in Victoria Island, Lagos, plays host to representatives of media organizations as the world's first rollable TV, LG Signature OLED R, debuts in Nigeria. The Signature OLED R comes in a liquid smooth 65-inch flexible OLED display screen that rolls neatly into its own sound system. It leverages self-lightened pixel technology and independent dimming control to deliver supreme picture quality. This guy has three different heights. That's zero heights where you can just turn down the screen and you can just put your Bluetooth and listen to music. And um, the line heights, which has to do with getting your pictures on your TV and watching whichever gallery pictures you want. And the third one is the full screen. The R not only signifies that the television is rollable, it is also revolutionary in the home entertainment space, defining the relationship between a TV that can disappear from view at the touch of a button and the surrounding space. They, they got it right when they say that they are rolling out the future. You know, this is going to be so effective for space management. You can, you can throw it right in the middle of anywhere. Uh, and it will not block your view. All you need to do is bring it down. If you want to play music, you leave it at the music level, you know, and you enjoy your TV. So I'm looking forward to installing one, definitely in January. The television set also supports smart assistants such as Alexa, Google Assistant, and also has LG ThinQ AI. In terms of connectivity, the television set comes with four HDMI ports, three USB ports, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth 5.0, among other features. Nigerians want the very best. Nigerians know what and what products are actually out there in the global market. So seeing these products in Nigeria, it's like they are their dreams have actually come to pass because they want to live the best when it comes to luxury living. The signature OLED R is displayed alongside other models of OLED TV with sleek high quality finishes combined with cutting edge technology that leaves the consumers with a wide range of choices to meet their lifestyles. And up next on the news at 10 is business news with Teniola Shobowali.
Thanks a lot, Kola. Welcome to Business News. Nigeria's second oldest lender, Union Bank, has announced the divestment of 89.39% majority stake to one of the new financial service providers in the country, Titan Trust Bank Limited. In a statement sent to the Nigerian Stock Exchange today, the board of Union Bank says it has received a notification from its majority shareholder, Union Bank's Global Partners Limited, Atlas Mara Limited, and other existing shareholders for the proposed divestment. The chief executive officer of Union Bank, Mr. Emeka Okonko, explained that the transaction marks a significant milestone in the journey of the 104-year-old financial institution. On his part, the chairman of Titan Trust Bank, Mr. Tundilemo, says the deal represents a unique opportunity to combine Union Bank's long-standing and banking franchise with TTB's innovation-led model and promises to enhance the product and service offering for its combined value customers. The Nigeria Sovereign Investments Authority is investing in the off-grid renewable space in partnership with the Rural Electrification Agency. In a statement released today, the NSIA says the fund will be accessible by Nigerian Electrification Program qualified developers under the existing REA and World Bank scheme that guides technical qualification and provides grants for developers to invest and participate in off-grid electrification projects. The NSIA-REA partnership is expected to create an initial 10 billion naira revolving fund for qualified developers to manufacture and distribute over 200,000 solar home systems under the federal government's Solar Power Niger program. The Nigeria National Petroleum Companies Limited says a sum of 203.73 billion naira was generated on the sale of white product from its downstream subsidiary, the Petroleum Products Marketing Company, in July this year. According to its monthly financial and operations report for the period, the NNPC says that total revenues generated from sales of white products for the period July 2020 to July 2021 sit at over 2.563 trillion naira, with Premium Moto Spirit contributing about 99.67% of the total sales. The report indicates that a total of 1.54 billion litres of petroleum products were sold and distributed by the PPMC. Average daily gas supply to power plants rose by 5.23%, increased 759 million standard cubic feet of gas per day, while it recorded 3 0.99% increase in national gas production at 232.69 billion cubic feet within the period. Another negative close is recorded at the domestic stock market as continued profit-taking on MTN Nigeria shares counted gains from 14 equities on the NGX. Will Ibong has details of today's trading activities. And welcome to the Stock Market Report. Investors in the local bus are still taking one of the two sides of Christmas color, and that's red, which remains dominant for a third consecutive day this week. It appears the much-expected Santa Claus rally may not materialize at the Nigerian exchange as Yuletide celebrations are taking center stage. However, the market's latest negative close is largely attributed to a further drop in the share price of MTN Nigeria, 
Airbnb Holdings, Zenith Bank, and 10 other mid-cap equities. The impact of their sell-off countered the positive sectoral performance recorded by four out of the five key sectors of listed equities, and that translates to about 7 billion naira loss in the market's overall value. Meanwhile, on the day that Union Bank's board announced a proposed divestment of majority shareholding interest in the company to Titan Bank, its share price rallied by 9.78% to lead a pack of 13 other gainers, while Julius Berger held the number one spot on the list of decliners. We're still counting down. One day left before Christmas. Who knows? We might just get some miraculous rallies. So let's keep our expectations high for that possibility on the NGX. And that's the Stock Market Report. I'm Will Ibang. It's back to you. And that's business news tonight. It's back to Bukola for the rest of the news at 10. And up next on the news at 10 is Around the World in 5 with Simon Pusey. Good evening and welcome to the Channel Studios here in London with your international news around the world in five. Russia and Ukraine have agreed to restore a 2020 ceasefire deal in eastern Ukraine, prompting a top official in Kiev to say that the coming holidays should be peaceful. Ukrainian President Chief of Staff Andrei Yermak hailed the deal brokered by Europe's OSCE security organization as a step towards de-escalation. Russian President Vladimir Putin has threatened adequate military technical response measures, although he says he hopes talks with the U.S. in Geneva next month will help cool relations. It comes a day after Ukrainian military conducted combat drills with U.S.-made anti-tank missiles in a conflict area with separatists in the east of the country. A famous statue at the University of Hong Kong marking the Tiananmen Square massacre has been removed. Late on Wednesday night, security guards at the University of Hong Kong placed yellow barricades around the eight-metre-high, two-ton copper sculpture. The statue, known as the Pillar of Shame, shows piled-up corpses to commemorate the thousands of pro-democracy protesters killed by Chinese authorities in 1989. It was one of the few remaining public memorials in Hong Kong commemorating the incident. Its removal comes as Beijing has increasingly been cracking down on political dissent in Hong Kong. A government minister in Madagascar has said he swam for 12 hours to safety after his helicopter crashed at sea during a rescue mission. Police Minister Serge Gell said it was not his time to die as he recovered from the marathon swim. The team had been flying to inspect the site of a shipwreck in the northeast of the country on Monday night. The death toll from the shipwreck off the coast of Madagascar has risen now to 85. Maritime authorities said 138 people were on the 12-foot-long boat, adding that only 50 had been rescued. Libya's parliament has ordered the formation of a committee to create a roadmap for the period following when elections were meant to be held and to submit their proposal within one week. Yesterday, the Electoral Commission proposed pushing back the voting date by a month, confirming a delay that had been widely expected amid several disputes. At stake is a peace process that had been seen as the best hope in years of bringing an end to a decade of chaos and violence that had engulfed Libya since a NATO-backed uprising ousted Gaddafi in 2011. The Saudi-led coalition fighting in Yemen says it launched airstrikes against a military camp in the capital Sana'a, attacks which the Iran-aligned Houthis said hit a prison compound and a hospital. <laughs> People gathered around one of the sites inspecting the area and picking up bits of shrapnel. 
The coalition said it destroyed seven drone and weapons stores at the camp, adding it was in response to an armed drone launched from North Yemen towards Saudi's Red Sea region of Jizan. Four people have been injured after a fire erupted at Exxon's complex in Texas, one of the largest refining facilities in the United States. All other personnel were accounted for, Exxon said, adding that its emergency response crews were still working to extinguish the blaze. The Baytown plant houses a chemical plant, an Olfins plant, and the country's fourth biggest oil refinery, with capacity to process 560,000 barrels per day of crude. Bangkok Port Custom Office say they have intercepted more than 193 kilograms of amphetamine hidden in punching bags bound for Australia. Officials told a news conference the shipment was inspected by Thai Customs after authorities grew suspicious since the Thai-made boxing training tool is not in high demand in Australia. The drugs, packaged in bags, each weighing over 10 kilograms, were hidden in 15 punching bags. It would have had a street value of almost $30 million in Australia. And finally, climbers dressed as Santa Claus have abseiled down the outside of a children's hospital as Slovenia prepares for Christmas. The abseiling Santas from a local cave rescue association waved and danced for patients and staff as they hung from their ropes. Meanwhile, sick children in Rome were treated to the same, with Santas scaling down a huge chimney. They then gave out presents to kids in the Umberto Hospital in the capital. And a Palestinian Christian known as Jerusalem Santa brought holiday cheer to residents as he rode a camel along the old city walls and through Jaffa Gate, where he distributed Christmas trees provided by the municipality. And that's your international news around the world in five. Now back to the Channel Studios in Lagos. Thank you, Simon, and welcome to Sports News. The Super Eagles of Nigeria will end the year 2021 as the 36th ranked team in the world and the fifth in Africa in the latest FIFA ranking released today by the world's football governing body FIFA. The Taranga Lions of Senegal closed the year as Africa's best as the 20th in the world. They are closely trailed by Morocco on the 28th position. Tunisia and Algeria are ranked 29th and 32nd positions. Meanwhile, Belgium ended the year as the best playing nation. Brazil and France are second and third. The three Lions of England are in the fourth spot. Argentina, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Denmark and the Netherlands complete the top ten. FIFA ended the year with a record-breaking 1,116 international matches. In Manchester City, manager Pep Guardiola says the Premier League's unique tradition of playing on Boxing Day and New Year's Day should not change, but they must allow five substitutions to protect players amid a grueling schedule. Top flight leagues in Europe adopted the rule to increase the number of substitutions per game to five to ease the workload on players amid the COVID-19 pandemic, but Premier League clubs voted against the motion. Meanwhile, Manchester United caretaker boss Ralph Rangnick also wants the Premier League to reintroduce the rule, allowing teams to make five substitutes. United are one of many sides to have experienced a COVID-19 outbreak this month, seeing matches against Brentford and Brighton postponed, as well as their training ground shut down. 
Alan Tennis Andy Murray has been given a wild card for the main draw of the Australian Open in January. The 34-year-old Briton missed the 2021 tournament after he was not allowed to travel to Melbourne following a positive test for coronavirus. The five-time Australian Open runner-up last played at the event in 2019. And that's it on Sports News. It's back to Bukola. I'm Victor Mathias. Thank you, Victor. And the main news again. The president today visited in Meiduguri again and vowed to go hard on insurgents in the northeast and noted that efforts are ongoing to adequately equip the military to tackle the terrorists. President Buhari stated this in Meiduguri, Gorunu State, where he paid a one-day visit to commission various projects. And that's it on the news at 10 tonight. Thank you for watching. I am Bukola Samuel Wenimo. And from all of us here, it's good night.